0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome Eisner award-winning creator Marco Lopez marco is working with artist rachel disler on their new all ages book the nightcrawlers which recently has started its zoop campaign now here's your host martin sexton
1: welcome once again to another edition of gvn's talking comics i am your host martin and today we'll be talking to eisner award winner marco lopez Marco has just launched his Zoop campaign for his all, new all-ages book, The Nightcrawlers, along with talented artist Rachel Disler. Uh, the Nightcrawlers explores a group of kids from an orphanage uh, who decide to band together and take on some monsters, such as werewolves and vampires. Kind of a homage to the 80s works of Spielberg, like the Goonies. So we're going to talk about his career, his new book, his campaign with Zoop, and more. So let's welcome Eisner Award winner Marco Lopez to GBN's Talking Comics interview. How are we doing today, Marco? Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time.
2: Hey, I'm good. How about you?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, so just like all great uh, stories, start, let's start in the beginning. If it's good enough for the Bible. It's good enough for us. Uh, so uh, how did you get into writing and into comic book writing specifically?
2: Um, That didn't happen until probably around high school because I was originally growing up an artist. Like, every kid, when you're little, you draw a lot. Me, I drew obsessively. And throughout, you know, junior high, when I moved to New York, I decided, you know, to become a comic book artist and an animator. Uh, Much to the detriment, as I like to say, to my mom, because originally I was going to be a veterinarian up to that point. And then I came home one one day and said, I found what I really want to do, and that wasn't good. (laughs) Oh, I was going to the high school of art and design in uh, New York. And during the English class, we had um, a session where a teacher was having us do a short story. And so, you know, I wrote my short story, turned it in. And then the next, I think it was the next day or the day after, uh, when their teacher was handing them back, you know, the grades and, you know, all that stuff, you know, he wrote a little note on it that said, this is really good. You should look into, you know, maybe writing more. And that's when I was like, oh, I guess I can also write. Um, And that basically what led into, I mean, it led into comic book writing and then wanting to write, you know, film, television, wanting to write novels. And it pretty much went from there. And also, again, much to the detriment of my mother and then much to the detriment of my art because I started drawing less and, you know, started writing more. Uh, which is kind of weird because you know I probably should have just kept up with the drawing more because then I could have been you know a writer artist, um, but yeah it didn't turn out that way.
1: It's it's always amazing to me how many writers started out wanting to be artists, uh, and uh, of course you know I've been drawing since I was seven and I always wanted to be a comic book artist but uh you know when you live in South Haven Michigan population hardly nothing uh that kind of thing didn't happen so now I'm I'm writing about comics so I'm kind of mixing both yeah uh so uh so who are the comic creators uh that you were reading that kind of inspired you uh in that in that pursuit
2: um uh of course when I was growing up up to around. for a long time, I was huge X-Men fan as so many people from, you know, I was born in 1980. I'm an eighties kid. So, you know, so many people probably from my generation, X-Men was their thing, you know? Um, So Chris Claremont, of course, like, you know, I love Chris Claremont's writing. I love, you know, like, I know a lot of people are like his, you know, dialogue and his verbiage is grand, grandiose and, you know, bombastic sometimes, but I love it. I love, you know, older comics, you know, the comics from the 80s and the 70s and 60s, where they have all the captions and the dialogue. And it just feels like you're reading an illustrated novel in a way. And it it really, when you read a 22 page book, it didn't take like 10 minutes to read it. And you're like, oh, I'm done. You know, (laughs) it really felt like you were getting so much more. And I just love Claremont's writing. I love when he came back. I think it was the third, not the extreme X-Men, when he came back the third time to the X-Men. I love that run. He was fantastic. Um, As I started You know, because, you know, when you're reading comic books, especially when you're wanting to be an artist, you tend to, you know, look more, uh, more at the art, you know, and I still look more at the art nowadays because it's, you know, from wanting to be an artist, even though I hardly draw anymore. But um, when you start, when I started noticing the writer, then I started, you know, reading like Warren Ellis, Grant Morrison, a lot of the British authors, Alan Moore, Peter Milligan, you know, uh, Garth Ennis, but I also love like Fabian Nicieza um Kurt Busiak um you know uh I love even though he um uh probably doesn't get enough credit for it but I love his Superboy run Carl Kiesel's writing I think it's fantastic and I always felt like he should have been he should have gotten a run on the Fantastic Four um and he's a fantastic writer so a lot of guys like that um Gail Simone um Colleen Doran um just so much fantastic stuff out there but like a lot of the a lot of the British authors in the beginning were the ones that really got me to like you know realize on the writing side how much more comic books could be. And then when you go back and you read older comics and you start realizing the stuff of like Danny O'Neill for Green Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and his Batman Run. Uh, I love my favorite thing that Danny O'Neill ever did was his Question Run, you know. All right. Um. So then you start noticing that stuff in, in those comics. But yeah, those are a lot of the stuff that really inspired me early on.
1: I said, uh... Actually, that's really impressive that you rattled off so many different names. Most people uh, uh, will start me saying, eh, "I don't know," and then they'll you know, mention two or three. But <laughs> okay, okay. So you've been a you know so you've been a writer, and of course, you've been an award-winning editor and a screenwriter. Uh, so whenever you uh, does it require a different mindset when you make the switch between writer to editor, uh, and does your experience with writing help you as far as your editing job?
2: Um. I with it. I think it does because you look at, you tend to, you're looking at story from not only the, the side of an editor, but also the side of a writer um, and how the writer's mindset is. Um, and that helped a lot when, you know, I was working on, um, you know, Puerto Rico Strong when we were doing that. Uh, it helped a lot when... I was doing this other project with some friends that was an anthology that didn't, you know, we tried to crowdfund through Kickstarter, but it didn't work out so well. But on that end, it was fun, you know, and you know, on that end of dealing with that as well. Um, I don't know if I really consider myself that much of an editor, even though like, you know, we won in Eisner for Puerto Rico strong, but like I haven't really had to do that much in terms of editing. But I do I do feel there's two different mindsets, you know, in terms of how an editor looks at a piece of work, you know, which is a little more objectively, you know, because when you write something and you're sitting there and, you know, you become sometimes enamored with your own stuff. And then you can tell as an editor, if you come from a writer's background, when you're reading another writer's work, you can tell when they're becoming enamored with their own stuff, you know, and you're like, ah, you need to, you know, cut that down or change that because you're becoming in love with your own, you know, your, your own dialogue, or you're becoming in love with, you know, certain things that you shouldn't be, you know, that aren't really working so well.
1: So do you ever get any pushback on when you make suggestions like
2: that? Um, For Puerto Rico Strong, we didn't get any pushback. And for the other projects, Strange Encounters that didn't get funded, we didn't get any pushback. Generally people, you know, they'll have like, you know, there's there'll be certain, there was a couple of times where certain, there was a couple of times of certain things on Puerto Rico Strong, just because, you know, a couple of the stories were more personal stories from real life for people. Um, but, you know, uh, so there was more a little bit on, 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 that, but, you know, everyone, you know, with that was pretty good. They really, but it was also one of those things with Puerto Rico strong. We did it in like three to four months. So mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, a lot of the writers, you know, or artists, you know, want cared for a lot, you know, to push back a lot. Cause they were just like, let's get this done, <laughs> done so we can move on.
1: Okay. Okay. So now, before we get into your new uh, night, the Night Crawlers, uh, like I said, uh, doing the research I was doing for your background, I ran into your project, uh, for Cheeto Comics, the Mass Republic Luchador Universe, and I was blown away because uh, I'm a big wrestling fan and a big Rey Mysterio fan. I think those guys are like test pilots for wrestling because they there's mm-hmm. nothing in the air they're afraid of of doing. Uh, so how did you get involved in that project?
2: um so basically cheeto comics is run by a good friend of mine ivan plaza and he started out doing like um he you know used to do marketing for a comic store then he went to l ray and did marketing for them and you know he worked on the lucha underground comics that came out through um uh, l ray that were on their website and they did a few print runs of those books um that were given out at shows and stuff but he also did um some other stuff, and basically he had teamed up with Mass Republic, um, who had represented these wrestlers like Rey Mysterio, um, you know, Tinebus Jr., the ones that were in the comics and other wrestlers, and so they came together with this idea of doing this, you know, sort of, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, superhero take on luchadores, because, you know, wrestling is very much a lot like superheroes, you know? It's yeah. very soap opera-y, you know, bigger than life, mm-hmm. over the top, And, you know, especially, you know, luchadors, you know, going all the way back to like Santos and Blue Demon. And when they were in their own movies, you know, fighting like, you know, werewolves and Frankenstein's monsters and aliens and all that. So we took that idea and was like, what if someone did a modern version of all that? And it was a shared universe. And, you know, let's start it off with a bunch of one shots that basically kickstarts the universe. And then we would go from there. And so we did five one shots that were collected into a hardcover and softcover graphic novel. And each one was basically, there were one shots, but I, I'd like to call each one like issue zero, you know. And then after that, we would have gone off into, you know, different series for each one. Um, that didn't, I mean, they did, they did well and the trade sold well, but, you know, the licensor um, didn't want to continue on with the, with the books for miniseries for their own personal reasons, you know that, you know, I don't want to get into. So um, they didn't, but they, people love them. We got, you know, great reviews. We got quotes from pro, you know, you know, a lot of pros were kind enough to read some of the books and, get, and give us quotes if they liked them. And we got quotes from like Brian Edward Hill, Mark Wade, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mark Russell, you know, Jamal Igle from a variety of creators in the business um, who had nothing but great, you know, Justin Jordan who had nothing but great things to say about the books and loved them and thought they were a lot of fun. Um, so it, it, it went really well. They were in uh, Rolling Stones, I think it was 2018, the Rey Mysterio book debuted. So it was in Rolling Stones, 25 Best Things We Saw at San Diego Comic-Con. You know, uh, it was just, it was a lot of fun and people loved them. And I wish we could have continued them because we had a lot of ideas for some like crazy, fun stuff, big event stuff. And it was gonna just, it was just gonna be wild.
1: That's, that's a shame really because I uh, say because it really looks cool. Uh okay, so let's talk about the nightcrawlers, which actually the soup campaign for that started today, I believe. Yeah. Uh so uh tell us a little bit about what was the inspiration for the book and um, just tell our followers what pretty much what it's what it's about.
2: Um, so the inspiration was, you know, again as being a, uh, you know,
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion one hundred and fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has planned of surprises in store took out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls head to hero.co to shop today
2: adult who grew up in the 80s being an 80s kid i love you know uh, that Spielbergian, as they call it, um, you know, touch of cinema, gremlins, Goonies, you know, a lot of that stuff that he produced, you know, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T. E.T.'s my favorite movie. Um, and I love Monster Squad and Lost Boys and all that. And I wanted to do something that was all ages, that was in tone reminiscent of Don Bluth's animation where, you know, American Tail, Land Before Time, um, Secret of them you know, a lot of animation that they used to do back in the 80s up to the early 90s where they were willing to touch on the darkness that existed in the world because they knew kids, it wouldn't traumatize kids. But, you know, the idea of like, you know, kids would be intrigued by and the idea of saying, yeah, there is darkness in the world. But in the end, you know, good overcomes it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the landscape of, you know, the young adult in middle grade, all ages stuff has exploded in the graphic novel market, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was liking a lot of stuff that was out there, but I felt what was missing is that, you know, Don Booth touch those type of stories that, you know, they touch on the darkness, they push a little, you know, the PG, I guess, you, you know, you use a movie term, the PG edge of, you know, family film, kids entertainment. Um, and I thought that would be awesome to do as a graphic novel series to do this idea that I had was what if you take. know what if like in horror movies where you always have the survivor and usually it's a survivor girl you know but what if you had these kids that you know from different backgrounds and they all survived horrific like supernatural experiences where they became orphans and so they're in this orphanage that's run by this very you know christopher lee type um and these kids decide to come together and form a group called the nightcrawlers to, you know, basically hunt monsters and to make and defend other kids from monsters and make sure that they don't become orphans like them. You know? So in a way, it's a little also inspired kind of like by X-Men, because you have kids in a a, a school, but it's an orphanage and you have an older man who's, you know, running it. And, you know, these kids are on a team. Um, So, you know, it's a little, you know, also X-Men inspired. And then also our main story is about the kids taking on their first case. And it's basically this kid who believes his parents were replaced by werewolves, you know, so he believes that his parents aren't his real parents, that they're replaced by, you know, doppelgangers that are werewolves, you know. And then what happens is the kids end up running into a um, what's now a villain, but what used to be a hero from their caretaker, Jacob, who runs the orphanage, the old man from his past. And they find out that they're not actually the first night crawlers and that there's a reason why you know, they came up with that, you know, name. And it's a whole, there's a whole thing into it that I don't want to spoil, but, you know, so it's a whole big thing. There's a whole bigger mythology here playing out um, if this is successful and we get to do volume two and three and stuff like that, that's playing out across the whole thing.
1: Oh, excellent. Okay, so you uh, recruited uh, Rachel Dessler to do your art. Uh, uh, how did that uh, collaboration come about?
2: Um, I, uh, we've, me and Rachel have been talking and working on this project for years now. And I was so happy when it landed at a blaze, but I think I met Rachel, I think it was 2017. It might've been 2016. I think, I, I know I found her online. I don't remember if it was DeviantArt. I don't remember if it was Pencil Jack or Digital Webbing. It was some you know space that I used to use in the early 2000s to you know talk to artists and fellow comic book writers. And I think I made a post on there about looking for an artist for- a project, you know, and she had, you know, a bunch of different people responded and I really liked her art. And so we just started talking and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a collaborator for this, you know, this idea that I've been working on. And I think it would make a great, you know, all ages graphic novel series. And that's a space that's doing really well. And would you be interested? And she was, and we got sidetracked a little by life stuff, you know, that sidetracked the production of this. Um, But she's, you know, she's phenomenal. Like her designs are fantastic. Like, I mean, again, comics, it's, you know, it's a visual medium, so the artist does all the heavy lifting, and she's just been a joy to work with. Like she's like her designs, her take on the kids, just the the, the bigger than life stuff, and just the the earnest, the facial expressions. It's just it's just awesome. I think everyone's really going to be pleased when they read it.
1: I said I know that uh, you know and it's funny because uh, you know we we're talking about the Don Bluth kind of animated look, and it, it was kind of what I was thinking when I first looked looked at some of her drawings. Uh, okay, so I said you uh. Partnering with the Blaze and going with Zoop as your crowdfunder. Why did you choose Zoop?
2: Um, one of the reasons we chose Zoop is because so when we were originally talking about this, it was, you know, Kickstarter. And then Zoop came about. Like I started noticing Zoop and people crowdfunding on Zoop, like Ron Mars and other creators. And I started was like, What is Zoop? And then I started realizing, like, oh, this is a crowdfunding platform exclusively for. Uh, comics, and I was like, "That's pretty ingenious." But then I was also like, "Is that going to work?" Um, and you know, I started, you know, following it more, looking at the stuff that you know was being crowdfunded on there, and I was really intrigued by it. And I had brought it up to Rich, who um, owns and runs a Blaze, and um, he was telling me that they had contacted him and I reached out to him, and so that you know they were discussing stuff. So he's like, "We could bring this project to Zoop instead." and the more we talked about it and the more we went over like you know how involved Zoop is like Zoop you know unlike Kickstarter where they're basically like oh you know you create your page you you know submit it and then they approve it and then you're on your own Zoop is you know they're like a partner with you on this like they've been a partner the whole way like they, it's not just crowdfunding on this platform they deal in fulfillment you know they're out they're helping just as much as a blaze with their marketing is you know get, get going out there and getting interviews and you know all this stuff, and you know social media marketing. Zoop is doing the same thing. You know they consider themselves a partner. That your success is their success. You know, so they're in the trenches right there with you. You know, and then they and then after the, the the campaign's success and it's over, they're going to be you know dea- you know dealing with the fulfillment and all that stuff and working with the Blaze and everything. So it's more involved and more uh, a greater experience, a more fulfilling experience, and having like they're basically a partner in this. You know.
1: Right. So, well, I know that uh, most of the creators that I've talked to have, you know, have fund uh, funded through Zoom. They said basically the, they do a whole lot of the heavy lifting that you normally through Kickstarter have to do yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it kind of frees you to do what you do, you know, uh, create. I was say it's been re- really successful, and I've, I've actually, uh, in fact, I I contributed to your <laughs> campaign before we talked. Oh, awesome! Uh, Thank you. Uh, I I love signed books. I can't I can't resist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So. Uh, so like I said, the campaign has begun. So now if uh, fans will go to your, your uh, the website for Zoop, which is zoop.gg slash c slash the Nightcrawlers, uh, what will they find there?
2: Um, they're going to find basically on the campaign page, they're going to find an awesome trailer uh, that's on there, which is me, Rachel discussing the book and then you know, art from the book and, you know, pages and stuff like that. They're going to find out what the book's about. They're going to find out the rewards, but, you know, digital copies, signed copies, um, you know, the poster, they're going to find the, um, you know, basically, uh, get drawn in the book in the background, you know, stuff like that. And a, a variety of other rewards, you know, add-ons and stuff, um, pages from the book that, you know, you can purchase, um, you know, things like that, um, and it's a very, it's a great campaign page. Like you said, like, you know, they did all that and it was, you know, input from, you know, Ablaze, and then input from me and Rachel. And like, you know, that was great because I did a Kickstarter earlier this year that we're working to uh, finish up. We're about to go out to printers towards the end of this month and beginning of December. I did like a sword and sorcery book. Um, and a little 64 page thing and having to do all of it yourself Like, you know, having to deal with the whole thing and then, you know, having to deal with now the printing and doing all that. It's just, it's so exhausting. Like running a campaign is like having a second job.
1: (laughs) And I've heard that. Yeah. uh, That's pretty much uh, what I got for you, Marco, but before I let you go, do you have any other projects that you want to let our followers know about and where can fans go to follow you either online or uh, through social?
2: Um, I have another project coming up. It's with a uh, Spanish publisher, a publisher in Spain, um, they use crowdfunding also. They're, they publish a lot of great books and have a lot of success with crowdfunding. They publish books in English, Spanish, and then sometimes in English, Spanish, Italian, and French. They're a European publisher, and we're gonna be doing a young adult book called The Mortician's Assistant. It's basically Imagine Doctor Who, but instead of science science fiction, he's dealing with like Lovecraftian terrors. Oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're do, uh, doing that. I'm doing that with the artist Antonello Cosentino. He's an Italian artist, fantastic guy, fantastic artist. That should be launching sometime soon, either later this month or in December. Um, and, you know, I, we're working on the, you know, they're working on setting up the page and stuff. And then I've got, um, I might be doing some more crowdfunding, personal crowdfunding stuff like I did with Blanco, which was the sword and sorcery book I did earlier this year. You know, so I might be doing some, you know, more personal ones next year. Um, and I got some other stuff in the comic book realm that I just can't talk about yet because, you know, no eyes and, you know, dotted no t's slashed and anything like that right. um but yeah that's what i'm working on so far and then i've got stuff you know i'm developing stuff in animation with uh, an animation company um and then you know just you know pursuing that end and then maybe next year i'll start you know trying to write you know actually trying to continue the novel that i was writing a couple of years ago and then i stopped <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so how far along are you on that on the novel? Yeah, in the novel.
2: Oh God, I think when I stopped, I was like three chapters in and I got sidetracked by like comic book stuff that sure. I was working on. And then like, then some film stuff that I was trying to get places. And then I was like, oh, I really need to finish that book. So <laughs> hopefully like novels is something that I really want to uh, get into. Cause I have like, I'm that person that buys books. Like I'll buy them, read them, but I also buy too many, you know? So I've got like yep. boxes full of books that like I, I, like, I need to buy a shelf and start putting these up so that I can just grab and read but I'm that guy who like, like, it's like, Oh, you still got 20 books. You need to finish reading, but then I'll go into a bookstore and I'll be like, Oh, here's five books I want. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know that I do the same thing though, with, though we digital books. I've got a, two iPads full of books that, uh, you know what? They're, right, they're there. I could read them, but uh, and, but it doesn't stop me from adding more to them, which is why I have two <laughs> iPads Well, Okay. Uh, okay. So, so as far as uh, if uh, fans want to follow you on social media. We, oh, we, yeah. yeah. Need to go. I'm
2: on uh, Twitter. I am, uh, just uh, search at, at Atomic Rex. So A-T-O-M-I-C-R-E-X-E-N-T. Um, that was the old when I had a little like my own online website, you know, that I put short web comics on. It was Atomic Rex Entertainment. So that's why that is. And then on um, Facebook, just, you know, search me, Marco Lopez. I just have my personal page. I don't have an author page. So you should be able to find me there. I believe the Nightcrawler's logo is the banner of my um, page. So it shouldn't be hard to find. That's it. I'm just on those two. I'm not on Instagram. I have an Instagram page, but I don't use it. Uh, Social media for me, Twitter, uh, Facebook, that's good enough. I don't need (laughs) need any more.
1: Yep, I know. I know. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, Marco. And said we'll be following the Night Crawlers. Uh, very. Like I said, of course. Like I said, I've already, I've already put in my, my money, so I'm good. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk to you again down the line.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Uh, all right. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.